0: Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning. Thank you for coming out and worshiping your God together and encouraging one, one another as the family of God. And if you're listening to us on live stream, we welcome you into the house this morning as well. In the book of James, James is writing a letter to the persecuted Christians. James is a brother to Jesus. And he's writing this particular letter, this book to the persecuted Christians who at one time were all in Jerusalem together, but because they believed in Jesus Christ and they started to walk as he walked, they were persecuted for that. And because of that, they were spread to all kinds of other towns and cities and to the countryside. And so James was sending out this letter to be circulated to them to bring encouragement to them, but then secondly, also to instruct them on how they were to live as Christ followers. And so today we're going to take that instruction and we are going to look at James's charge to us and what it means for us to care for kids. Okay, Jude. Hello. Try it again.
1: Hello. Okay. There we go. Hello, my name is Jude. In James one twenty-seven in the Bible, James gives you adults this charge. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. Let's read this now together.
2: Religion, Religion that, that God our Father accepts, accepts as pure and faultless, and faultless is this. this. To to look look after after
1: orphans orphans and and widows widows in in their distress. distress. Good job following instructions. Thank you. (laughs) That's
0: right. That's right. Let's hear it for Jude. Our religion, which by definition really is our faith and worship, should be reflected in our daily lives. When we walk amidst our home, amidst our community, amidst the halls of our schools, when we're in and out of the stores in this community, people should see Jesus in us. I like what James says earlier in his letter in James 1.22 when he said this, Do not merely be listeners of the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. William Barclay, in his commentary on this, states this. All through history, men have tried to make ritual and liturgy a substitute for sacrifice and service. They have made religion splendid within the church at the expense of neglecting it outside of the church. Barclay isn't saying that it is wrong to seek to offer splendid worship within God's house, the church. But what he is saying is that all such worship is empty and useless unless it sends a man and woman out to love God by loving others and by serving others. Let me reiterate that. Our worship here is nothing, means nothing. If we walk out of these doors and we are not sent out to love as God loves and to serve as God serves, that is the heart of the gospel. So in verse 27, which we read together with Jude, James states that the greatest deed, the greatest act Of our religion or our worship is to care for the two most vulnerable people groups in the culture of that day, as well as in our culture today orphans and widows. And so, here this morning at New Hope, we are going to focus on the portion of the orphans or caring for kids. So to do this, I've invited four organizations that we have partnered with to come and to visit with us on how we can engage more in caring for kids. And so if they would come up at this time, that would be great. Let's give them a big New Hope welcome. On <laughs> huh? right. Woo! That's right. That's right. And I know that you're primarily here probably on Sundays, and at times you're here through the week and that, but there's other things that take place in this building. Matter of fact, Wednesday night, we had all three of our youth groups together from our different campuses, and uh, they had uh, 160 plus kids in here. They had uh, Cinco de Mayo activities going, all that kind of stuff, group worship, uh, transformed the place. It was just beat up like crazy and that, and I love it. I love it. And, and five-plus students gave their life to Christ this last Wednesday night, and that's what it's about, right? That's who we want to serve. So I'm excited to have with us today uh, Gina Kennedy, she's the executive director of the Pregnancy Resource Center, the the Lex Specialty Center. We have Gail here with Safe Haven Foster Shop and New Hope partners with them in our Isani campus. They have a lot of storage down there. We have Courtney Eastland with Together for Good and that. And then we have Pete. And Pete, what's the last name? Stanley. Pete Stanley with us from Real Kids, R E E L. So it's Real Kids, but it's really Real Hope. So uh, they're with us this morning. And so I want to invite them to share with us how they engage in kids today and how they serve kids today and how we can partner with them. So let's start with you, Gina, and let's talk about, just give us a brief explanation of the specific area that your organization cares for kids.
2: So we start at the very beginning with pregnancy. And so we're there for those who are happy to be pregnant and those who are not happy to be pregnant. It doesn't matter. So we go through pregnancy education and support and offer some basic limited medical services to those. And everything we do is free. And parenting education all the way up till the age of about 10 our curriculum goes to. And anyone can come to us for those services. There.
0: OK. And then in that piece, uh, do you find that you're working with Uh, primarily older adults, younger adults, or is it across the board?
2: Our stats are pretty split as people, and 40% are under the age of 19. We're often thought of as a teen organization, but that's not true. Our target market is 20 to 24-year-olds.
0: Okay, great. Gail.
2: So my name is Gail McGuire. I'm with
3: Safe Haven Foster Shop. And um, when a child is unable to stay in their home, and the county or police department go in and pull the child and put them into a foster home, they often come into the foster home with nothing, only the clothes that they're wearing at the time. And um, so what we do is we get a phone call from the social worker or the foster family and they say this child just came in empty handed. So we'll bring them a bag and it's usually a backpack or a, a duffel bag and in the bag is clothing, pajamas, Um, a blanket, a stuffed animal. There's always a toy in there. There's all the toiletry items they would need, toothbrush and all those things. And then um, uh, everything's new in a brand-new bag, and that bag stays with them wherever they go. And these bags are housed at the Isani campus. Um, um, So we are able to serve these children um, that are going into foster care. And last month, we served 88 children in um, 10... Counties in Minnesota and Wisconsin.
0: Awesome, but sad. I mean, I mean, you just don't want kids in these these really particular is. situations. Yes, Courtney.
4: Yeah. So um, at Together for Good, we actually want to provide wraparound care from families in isolation, to, um, because when families are in isolation, that's where child abuse and neglect happens. And so our program is here to keep kids out of the system and keep families together. And so um, the families that come to us have full custody of their kids. Um, but they're making a safe choice for their kids. So we've had people in our area, mom has to go have a baby and has nowhere for her other kids to go. So we provide Christian host families to keep those kiddos for those couple of days or um, homelessness situations. um, The kids then can go to the Christian host families and have a safe place to go while mom gets her everything she needs to take care of done. Um, Medical crisis, anything like that. Or if you're a parent here, you know that if you don't get a break, you're gonna go a little crazy. And so I have four kids and... Um, so we provide respite as well. So single families, grandparents who get custody of their grandkids, anything like that, we, have, um, we provide respite care too. So if it's a break once a month, um, it provides a lot of relief for that family so that that mom can parent well. Um, because I know what it's like to not have a break too. And so we all need that. So that's another thing our organization does as well.
0: Yeah, I think one of the cool stories I heard too as well is like, you know, a parent has to go into recovery, uh, you know, and they have to go in for a 30-day recovery, but they don't want to, you know, put their children in the foster system. They, They want to parent their children afterwards, but there's not an option for that. Well, together for good, we'll say, hey, we'll find a spot for your kids for 30 days to be loved on and cared for while you're in treatment. And then when you get out, you get an aftercare and that, you just continue on with the parenting and that. So that's an an awesome Yeah, we also
4: partner with Shock Bay Women's Prison and Minnesota Adult Teen Challenge. So we do have longer-term hostings if parents are doing their job and want to get the help that they need but don't want their kids in the system. So, yeah, we provide that as well.
1: Yeah. Pete, how about you? Yeah, I, I am from the Real Hope Project, and at the Real Hope Project we make high-quality videos of kids who are in the foster care system who are waiting to be adopted. These are kids who, whose parental rights have been terminated, that can't go home, and we've found that video has been such an effective way to help them tell their story. Uh, it's so much different when you can see their personality as opposed to just reading a few paragraphs on a page. And so what we do with these videos is we bring them around to churches and communities like this and try to introduce as many people as we can to the waiting kids in Minnesota and try to find people who will start to think and pray about adopting a kid from foster care.
0: Yeah. You know, what I love about these individuals up here, and that is, you know, Gina has uh, taken the Pregnancy Resource Center, special, you know, Lex Specialty, like from here to here. Now they have a, another site down towards Ham Lake area and that. And then the rest of these three, they're all entrepreneurs. They all helped start what they're doing right now. They started it. And uh, it's, it's, it's an awesome piece. So let's just jump back to, to Gina from the position you serve in, can you share with us the biggest challenges you are seeing today with the within the lives of children?
2: It's very challenging today, both from the pregnancy perspective and making decisions and some of the things that are going on in that whole realm, and so helping educate. And then as they're born, making sure that we're supporting them beyond that decision making. So doing parenting education, and one of the biggest things we're seeing is that's super challenging, is that breakdown of the family home and lack of support. Uh, families are all over the place and split up, divided, spread around the country. We don't have the family support that they did before, and so we can help fill that gap as well. So we're really seeing those challenges for sure.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, how about you, Gail, with what you're working with, with Safe Haven? and then-
3: Yeah, so with um, Safe Haven, for those of you who have seen the movie Instant Family... Um, you you saw the foster children in the movie that um, are being moved from foster home to foster home, and they carry their belongings that they do have in a trash bag. It makes them feel like garbage, and they didn't ask for this. So it's one of the challenging things that these kids are going through, and we have found that many throughout their life. so um, having that bag right away that they take with them with some things that they call their own hopefully lightens that blow just a little bit for them. Yeah,
4: yeah through our, our organization, um, a lot of what we see um, challenges for kids are coming from homes that are very stressed. It's a stress-filled environment and no support. And so if mom has to go do something, it's not always a safe safe option for where the kids will go. And so, um, I mean, I've been teaching. I was teaching for nine years here in Cambridge, and I had many students who I just wanted to take them home so that everybody could get a break, and I couldn't do that till this organization happened. So... <laughs> Um, Yeah, I mean, and the kids get a breather, mom gets a breather. It's just good for everybody in the family um, to get that that breath that everybody needs to just continue to, you know, parent well and all that kind of stuff. And so, one of my favorite quotes is every kid is one caring adult away from either being a statistic or a success story. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen is when that kid has one caring person in their life, it changes the trajectory of their life forever. And we've seen so many stories um, through our organization of what can happen when someone says yes to that stepping up in that time of crisis and getting those kids and that that family through it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for real hope one of the main things that we see is that if you go on our website, we've been around for about 3 years and we have we've done maybe 80 or 85 reels for kids and just next week I think we will be doing our first reel for a kid under 4. And so the biggest need that we see, especially in, among Minnesota waiting kids, is that there are many, many people that are waiting for babies, but there are many, many kids that are waiting for families that are either over 10 years old, part of a sibling group, or both. Um, and there are, and I think I may have mentioned this earlier, but there are about 1,000 kids in Minnesota waiting right now, and a lot of them fit into that, that category of over 10 or part of a sibling group.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just uh in a uh, uh, last question here, could you give us ideas of how we, you know, obviously New Hope as a church family, but as individuals can partner with your organization? Can you give us a couple example, quick examples?
2: Sure, we have lots of ways to partner with us from getting involved at a very real level of volunteering to work within the organization and we provide training for all of those Opportunities, so please talk to me if that's something you're interested in. We also always have other ways to support us through our events. We are completely self funded, we receive no government funding, and everything we provide is for free. So, as you can imagine, providing medical services for free can be rather challenging. Um, We have a walk for life coming up, so I have brochures out at the table that you can uh, pick up and. Also, the other thing I have at the table is a window cling that you can stick in your car that just really says, are you pregnant? And then has our website. And to have cars driving all over with our website for those who are in crisis or trouble would, is an amazing billboard. We can't even begin to imagine having another way. So grab one of those, stick it in your car window. So there are lots of ways to partner with us. And as we talked about orphans and widows today... I really want people to start to wrap their head around the fact that our orphans and widows look different today from what we think of because what we have is a whole lot of uh, single-parent families, and they are widows in a sense, and those children are orphaned, and often fathers aren't involved. And so we really need people to be involved and come alongside the ministry and help us to serve them and share the gospel of Christ at the same time, and that's an important piece for us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gail, how about you?
3: So, the Safe Haven Foster Shop was founded by two sisters, two local sisters here in the community, and um, they work their regular jobs in addition to um, starting this. So again, um, a lot of volunteer work. We also need volunteers to help with um, events and things like that. Um, What we really need is someone that's great at writing grants and would fill out the grant paperwork. That's That's a big need for us today. And then the other thing that we would really need is um, in our bags, we always put clothing in there. So if you're ever in the store and you're in Walmart or Target or anywhere and you see a a discount rack and everything's on sale 70, 80%, doesn't matter the size, anything like that. If you want to donate, just grab some things off that rack and we can put those in the bag and that'll serve a child. Every clothing item that goes in the bag has the tags on them, and we leave them on there so that the child knows everything is new. It's just for them.
0: That's right, yeah, which is I love you do that because often they never get anything new, and how beautiful is that? Courtney?
4: Yeah, so we used to serve through Together for Good. Um, we need Christian host families, so the people that will say yes to just hosting kids for a short period of time. Some of the needs in our area have been um, a grandma who has her grandkids, and she had to do dialysis, and so... We had a host family that would just help with those kiddos, Um, a mom that was pregnant. um, She needed help for just two days. We have single parents who are just looking for a break once a month. Um, Some of those kind of cases, too. So becoming a host family would be one thing. Um, A resource person. So when someone's hosting kids, we have resource people who we email and just say, so-and-so are hosting two kids. Can we bring them some clothes? Can we bring them a meal? Um, help drive a kid to a doctor appointment if needed. Um, there's lots of different ways to, lots of different resources that we need to wrap around that family. And then prayer support is huge. We wanna pray for the, these families that are coming to us. We wanna pray that they can stay together. Um, and then financially too, we are um, solely no government funding at all, so it's just um, from people giving to our organization. Um, our, our host families do it for free which says a lot to these moms. They kind of think we're crazy sometimes. They're like, you're, you're keeping my kids for free? What in the world? And we just get to say, like, yes, because you deserve to be loved well, because that's what Jesus wants from for you. So it's a really beautiful way to do that, too. But So it's all volunteer. Um, so yeah, so um fun like any financial help would be great. But I, I would say prayer is our first can I, and biggest. Can I jump one.
2: in really quick just yeah, just to help people understand something like Together for Good, in taking a, a mom's children while she delivers her baby, that sounds little, uh, but the reality is we've had mothers who said, I'm going to have to bring my three year old with me to deliver my child. And if they do that, The hospital will call CPS, and the child will be removed. So they literally must have someone to take their children to go deliver their other baby. So it's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, for for Real Hope, we don't have a ton of activities that volunteers can help with, so the easy one is is certainly giving. We are also completely funded by individuals, um, but then... it's, t- it's tough to go to churches every Sunday because our main request is the big one. It's adoption. And we realize that that is not something that we can just wander in on a Sunday morning and talk for 10 minutes and say, hey, now you guys want to adopt. Uh, it's something that you can go on our website and watch reels and just sort of let that settle a little bit and start thinking and praying about what it would look like to adopt and we may not all be called to adopt. My wife, Casey, and I have been super passionate about adoption for since we got married five years ago, and we are just now eight weeks into our son living with us. So we realize that it takes a long, long time, but just start thinking and praying about what adoption would look like for you, because we may not all be called to adopt, but we are all called to do something.
0: That's right. So a lot of good options up here, a lot of passion and a lot of opportunity for each one of us to uh, extend our faith beyond you know, belief and within our heart, but towards action to uh, any of these organizations by just even getting involved in a little way. And so thank you so much for, number one, your passion, your uh, faithfulness to this, and then also your willingness to come out and be with us here at New Hope Community Church. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's hear it up for thank these guys. You. Woo! So as James has challenged us from Jude's reading, you know it, it does us really no good to to come and to worship and and to talk about our faith, but yet not go out and do anything about it. I like what author Brennan Manning states in his quote: "The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny Him with their lifestyle." That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. This quote goes back to the James 1.22. Do not merely just listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, obviously, we're not perfect, right? But we must take seriously the commitment and the challenge James gives to us here this morning. He says in chapter 226, he says, faith without works is dead. And so we want to have our faith come out of us in how we live. So I just challenge you here this morning to think to yourself, is there any way that I can engage with caring for kids, which, with, in being that one adult who's going to help change that teen challenge here? Last week, my family was in Isani. And the last gal that was sharing there talked about how her parents divorced at a young age, and then they left her. She grew up on her own. At 15, she entered prostitution because she had to make money. I mean, the, the room was still. And there was story after story about that. I was driving over to Chisago Lakes that night with my 15-year-old daughter, who we adopted at four from the Minnesota Waiting Kids list. And I asked her, I said, Kate, you know, how'd you take the morning? You know, how, how did it go with hearing those stories? Because we know what her life was like. And she looked at me and she said, Dad, I know today... If I wasn't adopted, I would have been that girl. I would have been that girl. And so what we are talking about matters in kids' lives. It changes the trajectory of their life and then generations to come. And so thank you for your commitment. I really encourage you as you step out the doors, visit with these individuals around the table. See if there's anything that you can take a step in. And let's live, live as people who change lives and change the trajectory of our children. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, your goodness. We thank you for your great love. And we ask that you would change us as a people where our faith would become action in your holy name. So to see the reality of this need... We are going to watch a video from the Real Hope organization about a child who would like to be adopted. Let's watch.